0: We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, InternationalHorseCollege.com. registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Julianne Humphries, who's revisiting us. She was in episode number 037, and today she's going to talk about 10 hot tips to become a better horse person. How are you, Julianne? I'm well, thanks, Glennis. How are you? Good, good. Now, Julianne, you've chosen this topic because I know it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people and it's different, you know, like if people are just riding, they may not necessarily be good horse people, but you tell us a little bit about your background and why you've actually, you know, chosen the horsemanship rather than a riding subject, because you are a riding instructor, but you've chosen this one, so obviously, you know, you've got some um, good, good tips for us, but also why you've chosen it and what, where you see the, the uh, problem being?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought I'd home in on this subject because from my own personal experience, I, yeah, sure, and I'm, and I'm a writing coach and, and a competitor, but if I know myself really, really well, None of those things are completely natural to me. They're all something that I've trained really, really hard to become. But um, from you know a little girl, I felt very, very natural around animals and around horses in particular. And I'm very drawn to horses' behaviour and very interested in, in the psychology of a horse. And that has allowed me to be as successful as I am you know when I am riding or when I am dealing with my horses on the ground or when I'm traveling them around and especially when I'm coaching people because I can understand their horse and I think it's something that these days or yeah especially these days I suppose the old school they might have trained more in horsemanship just because horses were such a a utility item you know actually the milkman had the horse and the you know horses were transport for various different things and so there was very very good horsemen back in our grandfather's day but these days you see incredibly good riders that are not very good horsemen so I think it's missed I think it's very missed and and very misunderstood and so therefore people actually set themselves up much more difficult time than necessary, and possibly even a more dangerous time than they're dealing with their horses.
0: Mm, mm. That's right, because horses aren't just machines that you get on and compete and get a better result. It's um, you've got to know your horse as well, and even just to approach them to mount to you know. There's things that you should be looking at and noticing that are going to affect you as you get on and ride. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. Right from the moment that you walk into the paddock. Mm, mm. When you walk into the paddock to get your horse out, that's where your horsemanship skills are being used, mm-hmm. whether you know it or not. <laughs> the yep. horse is taking notice of you and yep. taking notice of everything you're doing and yep. he's responding to everything you're doing as soon as you're in his
0: paddock. Can we talk about the first tip you've got? Now, the first one is lure your horse. So you're catching his interest every time you bring him in. If you can talk first of all about luring your horse. It sounds like a bit like fishing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you think of the natural horse in the wild. There's no way in the world you could just walk up to him and put a halter on him. Mm -hmm. He would run a mile as soon as you are in the vicinity. And from a very long distance he would be curious, he would be interested. But as soon as you're within range of him, he would be fearful. So those instincts are forever. Even if we desensitize them and you know, you end up with your old horse that you can just go out into the paddock and it puts its head in the halter and off you go. But the horse is still a horse. It's, the species hasn't changed. So what I try to train people to do when I'm teaching is to work with, Horses as their true being. So I say to people, when you walk out there, walk past him. Don't walk at him, walk past him. And you'll see the horse every time. He'll stop chewing, eating his grass, look your way. He'll prick his ears towards you. Mm-hmm. And then he might turn his head your way. And then his feet might start following. Before you know it, if you do that enough, then your horse actually will you, follow you in and you don't even need your rope. You know. But it's incredibly easy then to just be shoulder to shoulder with your horse because he's walked up and he's put his head over your shoulder mm-hmm. and you can put your rope around his neck and take him in. But if you walked at him, the natural horse would instinctively run a mile. And so you know when our very desensitized horse runs away from us when we're trying to catch it, People go, oh, look at that! Why would he do that? Well, he's being a horse. Mm -hmm. He's doing what they naturally do. Mm -hmm. So I try to train people to work with horses and as they they naturally are.
0: Yep, yep. And keeping your horse curious—that's the next one. So if we can talk a bit about that.
1: Okay. So we've taken him out. We've done what we want to do with him, and it comes time that you want to put him back in the paddock and say goodbye for the day. And so you'll. Walk him out into the paddock, and I always say to people, be the first to walk away. Mm-hmm. Don't take your halter off and then stand there and give him a pan, bubble and whatever, and then he walks off on you, So he's basically gone, yeah, well, you know, see you later. I'm out of here. I've had enough of you. I'm going. So you'll find that if you walk out into your paddock and you unhitch your halter and you just turn your back and walk away on your horse, you walk off on him, he, again, he'll stop what he's doing, he'll look your way, prick his ears towards you, and he's actually interested in you. He's, he's like, oh, you're you're leaving. Mm. Mm. And half the time they'll turn around and they'll actually follow you until you, you know, shut the gate and get out of their peak, and that stops them following you. Mm-hmm. But if you continually, every time you put your horse back, you – Take your halter off and then pat pat pat, or you know, fiddle around with the horse until it walks off on you. You're actually effectively teaching your horse to not be interested in you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're teaching him that he's saying to you, "I've had enough of you. See you later." But if you always put yourself in that situation where you unhitch your halter and just turn your back and walk away, time and time again, you're actually putting him in a position where he's looking at you, going, "Oh, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, are we done? <laughs> no." Yep, and yep. and so, yeah, he actually is interested in you and curious and yep. looking forward to seeing you the next time.
0: And then it's you taking the first step too instead of just waiting and leaving it for them to take the first step away. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Then it puts the control all in your hands. Yep. All right. Now the next one we've got is understanding touch.
1: Okay. So um, you go back to your wild horse scenario again. Um, I don't know how many people that listen to this have ever touched a wild horse. I've touched. Many wild horses. (laughs) I've gone and gotten horses out of the bush and brought them home. And and, I have horses off studs that, um, you know, what they used to do is they'd have hundreds and hundreds of horses on their studs that I used to break horses in for. And they would get in their farm ute and they would round them all up and bring them into the yards. So they'd run them into the yards. They'd run in, oh thirty 30 at a time into the yards. They, you know, stand up on the top of the yards and pick which horses they wanted in for me to break in. Mm-hmm. And so, when they were getting those horses in for me, they're literally cutting them like cattle. So, they chase them through this gate and slam that gate in front of the next one so it doesn't get through. And so, what I'm getting to break in is a horse that not only has never been touched by a human, but it's learned how to dodge humans really, really well. Mm -hmm. And so it naturally knows how to run from you really, really quickly. It even is quite comfortable with the idea of turning and kicking. You know, this horse has really, really had to hold its own against humans for life as long as it knows it. And then I get it in the yard and I've got to break that in. So you can't just walk up and touch it.
0: No, no, no. You can't, you can't put a it's, it's hand on it. It's expecting you to chase it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. ready to run, mm. you know, and run fast. And then if you cornered it, it's ready to kick.
0: Mm. You oh, know? for
2: sure.
1: So the horse is wild as what I described. And if you take that all the way down, you strip it all the way down to your pleasure hack that, you know, most people that are listening to this have experienced. Okay, so that pleasure hack is still the same species as the one that I was in the yard with that was really quite wild and ready to run away. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So naturally, it still responds in the same ways to touch. So if you pat it, its natural instinct is to flinch away or to run away. So of course, we desensitize our horses. So when we pat them, the pleasure hack, if we pat the pleasure hack, he doesn't run or flinch, but he's putting up with it. Mm -hmm. and he may even get all the way through to I've seen riders that will give their horse a pat and they're, they're rewarding their horse with a pat and the horse actually becomes conditioned to understanding my rider is happy with me. It's the rider is giving me a pat, but that's not its natural behavior. That's the horse being conditioned to understanding that pat means good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's natural instinct is to run away or French from the pat. So the patting, is that's like bagging him down when you when you're breaking him in. That's a that's any mm, short mm. sharp pressure. Yep. Horses naturally yield from. So a pat is a short sharp pressure. So patting is desensitizing. So if the horse is, you know, let's say the horse is a bit too sensitive. If he's, you know, like, you know, sometimes they might get a little bit sensitive, or he's, he's at the show and he's feeling a bit, a bit wide and a bit sensitive. I'll actually pat pat the horse down mm-hmm. to make him less sensitive. If I want to reward the horse
0: and soothe the horse,
1: I'll rub him. You never see a horse pat another horse, do you?
0: No, no. And So you're really defining the difference here between the pat and the rub.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to understand when Mm. you touch the horse what you're actually doing and what Mm. effect you're having on the horse. Yep. So you notice the horse with with its companion horse, they'll rub each other. They'll Mm. sort of... Scratch each other with their teeth, and they do all of this. And they even sometimes you'll see them necking each other, and and giving them, you know, nice little massage and a little scratch, just in front of the wither. Yep. That's actually clinically proven to lower their heart rate. Mm. mm. It soothes them.
2: Yep. It's really,
1: really soothing for the horse, you know. And that's a you even get a tiny little foal, and once you can get a hand on him, if you start scratching him and rubbing him, he <laughs> loves it. Absolute, they melt over it. Yep, yeah. So, yeah, but if you pat him, good Lord, he would jump through the roof.
0: Sure, yep, yep. No, so I think, yeah. and I think a lot of riders don't understand that, you know. I think that you see riders, they do really well at a competition and they give a horse a huge pat and it's, you a know, big pat, that's right, yeah, 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 and
1: he's only conditioned to know that, oh, yeah, the rider must be happy with
0: me. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, yeah. and these
1: are professional riders, and they'll yep. give them a big pat. <laughs> yep,
0: yep, yep, sometimes I think it's more for show, you know, just to, yeah, yeah for the It horse. does yeah. make
1: you wonder, but, yeah. but it's, I think, honestly, I think many, many riders, they might get taught to ride really, really well,
2: mm.
0: but. A lot of people don't get taught to be very good
2: horsemen. Yep, yep.
0: Yeah, they don't understand the theories. Yeah, let's move on to the next one, which is positioning yourself in the right place and at the right time.
1: Yeah, know that if you're in front of its eye, Mm -hmm. the horse is going to be wanting to move backward. Okay, so any short, sharp movement, short, sharp pressure, short, sharp sound. Mm-hmm. Horses move. And even if you go all the way, strip it back to the wild horse, if you're in front of it, he's going to move backward, yeah? Yep. Yep. He's not going to come forward while you're in front of him. Yes. While ever the pressure is in front of him. You apply pressure in front of the eye, they will not move forward. Mm-hmm. Put your pressure behind the eye and they will move forward.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. You'd be amazed how people don't get that,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and so they're trying to lead their horse along, and they're dragging it by the mouth. Yep. They're they're in front of their horse trying to make it go faster when mm. they're leading it.
0: Even just subtly, you know, within lunging, and I know we're going to leave lunging to another time, but you know, the the mm. rider's just got to move slightly and have the horse just at the wrong angle, and the horse just stops, and they they go, what what happened? Well, you're in front of the in front of the horse, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. You get that triangle when you're lunging, mm, you get out mm. in front of his eye, that angle of yep. your your position. You get that out in front of his eye and he will stop.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: You put your angle behind him, right? And he will go. So, so whether he's free in the yard, whether he's lunging, whether he's leading, you know. Mm. It's just where the pressure is at any particular time. And so your body position has a huge bearing on that because as so you look at the the wild horse and just your presence alone is mm-hmm. pressure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep.
0: All right. Now the next one is, um, you know, it's probably going to be a bit of safety here as well, but be mindful of where and how you and also others are standing.
1: We know horses go forward if the pressure is from behind. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know that their eyes are on the sides of their head, not on the front like ours. So effectively the horse, is a flight animal, it spooks, it goes forward, it cannot see directly in front of it. It can't see at all. It's a complete blind spot until you get out a metre or more out away from the horse. Then it's got half a chance of actually seeing you in front of it. So If you're within that metre in front of the horse, he can't see you at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, very dangerous place for you to stand and spend time there, especially if the, if you're not in contact with the horse. So about the the only time I let my riders spend a lot of time right in that meter zone, that blind spot, is when they're plotting its forelock for a show. Yep. Uh, but they're in contact with the horse, so the horse can feel where they are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Let's say um, you're just randomly standing there, you know, you're chatting with your mates or whatever, and you're standing right in front of your horse, That horse spooks, it doesn't matter how quiet that Mm. horse is, if it goes forward for whatever reason, it will run clean over the top of you. Yep. And people have been killed this way with Mm. very, very quiet horses. Mm. I know an absolutely horrendous story about an old man patting the Clydesdales. Yep. And I don't know if I need to add the gory bits Mm. to that, but... Mm. That was the scenario. This lovely old man, he wanted to pat the nice Clydesdales and he stood directly in front of them and he patted them. They went forward and... So never put yourself right in front. Never let anybody stand right in front of your horse. Every time someone comes into my work shed, they all do it. They all come right up, right in front of the horse and pat the horse. And I immediately say, please don't put yourself there. Move to the side where he can Mm -hmm. see you.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, the eyes are on the sides of the head. He can see you there. You know, if he spooks or if anything happens, he will not choose to run over you.
0: And I think that's part of being a horse person too. It's not just because you said, you know, not just where you're standing, but it's making sure that other people are standing correctly. You know, it's being responsible for the people around because you've got more knowledge than them.
1: Absolutely. It's the person that's dealing with the horse is the person responsible for the horse. This can go right through to your specialist. So you're leading your horse up and you stand your horse up for your vet. You stand on the same side as the vet. Keep all the people on one side of the horse. Mm -hmm. So when the vet chooses to work on your horse on the off side, you swap sides. You face the vet. So you're standing at your horse's shoulder facing the vet so you can see exactly what your horse is doing and exactly what the vet's doing. Mm-hmm. And you and the vet are both on the same side of the horse. And when people know this stuff, vets are in heaven. They love it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The vet suddenly can relax and feel safe. When people don't know this stuff about horses and they're working on the horse, they've got to be on guard all the time. So... You want to stand and keep everyone on one side of the horse. If you lead the horse up, don't let people surround the horse. Put them all on one side of the horse. Horses won't choose to run over people, but if you want to the horse and the horse has to move for whatever reason, he's a flight animal, he yep. sometimes has to move, he's going to run over someone
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if he's surrounded. Yes, yeah?
1: yes. Put everyone on one side of your horse. And the other thing that I pick up people often is stand with your feet under you. Don't stand with one foot sticking out. Mm,
2: mm. It'll get walked on. Yep. Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> It'll get stood on. If you stand with your feet under you, you've got far less chance of the horse treading on you.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Never put your hands to the ground. You put your hand to the ground. There's broken hand if the horse treads on your hand. Never put your knees to the ground. So you put your knee to the ground and the horse has to move suddenly. You can't get up quick enough. So if you want to deal with your horse down low, you bend over.
0: And there's something else there, you know, while you're talking about, can you talk about walking under the front of the horse as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, your horse is tied up at the rail, you know, this scenario, and you often see people, especially if they can fit easily. Mm. So really big horse or little tiny person, you know, they'll – easily walk under its head so straight away that person's in a very blind spot they're in a very dangerous spot and they're very likely to bump their horse under the jawbone and there's that's a really sensitive spot Mm -hmm. so you know you get the little kid wearing their helmet and they walk under the front of the horse they bump the jawbone with their helmet They don't even realise because they've got a helmet on, but all all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and there's (laughs) a little kid under the front seat of the horse. Yes. Because the horse is pulling back, raising its front face. Mm -hmm. It's panicking because there's something going on under it. It doesn't even know there's a human under there, but there's something scrambling underneath it, something possibly even squealing underneath it. So you get this almighty disaster that could have been so easily prevented if you teach your child just. Involved with your horse, mm. keep you know, always keep your hand on your horse. Yep, walk around your horse, walk around the back of the horse, yes, to get to the other side. Yes, never walk under the front under its head
2: mm-hmm.
1: when it's tied mm-hmm. up. Yep, if it's not tied up, it'll just fly backwards and you know, some you have know, to get <laughs> up. But if it's tied up, never ever go under the front of it,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, now we're talking about the horse's natural behavior, we're going to talk about understanding the horse's natural behaviour before taking action.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so often this is very misunderstood. I'll give you a couple of scenarios here. You'll get the horse that's being ridden and he's hurting. Mm -hmm. He's actually really sore. And so he's giving whatever behaviours because he's sore, whatever it might be. He could be pulling his head around. He could be trying to threatened to stop and jack up. He could be not holding a good quality gait. You know, he keeps dropping out of the canter. He might not want to canter on a particular lead. Mm -hmm. So whatever the, you know, the thing is there, if he's hurting, there's no way in the world any amount of horsemanship is going to fix that. He needs a specialist.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So then you get the other scenario where, you know, for instance, if you're on the same page, the horse is not cantering on a particular cantalade, it may well be that the rider needs to learn how to give the aid back up. Mm-hmm. Or if the horse is shying at a particular end of the arena, you need your horsemanship skills to to work on that. You know, the move closer, stay longer, or the, you know,
2: mm-hmm. the applying
1: the pressure and release and work and rest and so on. You know, there's methods that, you know, horsemanship methods you can use that can fix these issues.
0: But it really takes a horse person to know if it's horsemanship that's going to fix the problem or you need a specialist.
1: That's the tricky part. Yep. That's the risky part and that's why it's so understood and so gone along many, many times. You see people that, you know, they'll go buy their horsemanship video or whatever and they'll sit on the couch and they'll, watch the, you know, and they try and learn what, what you know, try and take in the information, then they go out and play with their horse and try and do what they saw on the video. That person is actually a beginner, you know. It really is important, I think, Like, and this is where I've been so fortunate, to learn this stuff from a good horseman. Mm. You know, um, I have been fortunate over the years to to spend time with some really good horsemen. And some people are people you've never heard of before, and other people are you know reasonably famous in our sport Mm -hmm. but people that have taught me a lot over the years and I've used this knowledge and training methods on many many horses of all different breeds and ages and stages of training and been able to be successful I guess with with all different horses Mm -hmm. so yeah it is often tricky to figure out what You know exactly what's going on. Is the horse sore or is the horse? And I say to people, look, you need observation time. Yes. So if your horse is not doing something exactly right, you actually need to, you know, don't pack him up for the day. You know, actually just kick him over and just see does it get worse, stay the same or get better
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with
1: work, you know? Or if you change a piece of gear, does it, Get worse, stay the same, or get better. Yep. Is it happening just in one corner of the room, or is it happening anywhere you go? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Observation.
0: Observation is huge, it's the biggest key. Okay. All right. So, observation time. Mm. Tell us a bit about Mm. applying pressure and asking your horse to yield.
1: Yeah. So, as we talked about it, so pressure can be whether you actually. Touching the horse,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or it can be a sound, or it can be a movement. These things are all applying pressure to your horse. Okay, So a short, sharp movement, short, sharp sound, short, sharp actual touch, that's applying pressure to your horse. So it's really important that when the horse gives you even the smallest answer, to recognize that that's an answer. Yes. And to take a little bit of pressure off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll be riding the horse and you might give it a, you know, a little slap with a stick or, a, you know, a cluck or, you know, you'll apply some pressure in some way, shape or form. And the horse might give you an overreaction. Yep. You know, great.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: fine. Or the horse might give you not enough reaction, but it has reacted. So you go, all right, you know, so you, you apply, you know, like you take a little bit of pressure off, but then, mm-hmm. of course, the next time you apply pressure, you might apply more pressure. Yep. You know? So I heard a lady say one day, and I, I thought, this is great, I'll hang on to this forever. She said, you ask the horse, then you tell the horse, then you make the horse do it. Okay? So if every single time you apply pressure, you do it in these, order, in this, these orders, like so... You'll find that nine times out of ten you only ever get to ask him. Yep. Yep. You just it's very gentle pressure and the horse goes, Sure, I'll do what you, you know, I'll move forward or I'll move sideways or I'll move backwards or whichever you know, whatever you want him to do. Mm-hmm. And he might not do it perfectly, but if he's answering you, you can clone that, you can polish that. Yes. But if you get no answer, like nothing at all, mm. you're in no man's If you, you cannot polish that. No You can't do anything with that. You must get an answer of some description. Mm -hmm. We don't really mind what the answer is. We just want him to answer us. We can sift through all the different answers he gives us until we find the right answer. Then you'll take all the pressure away, give him a really big rest. Mm
0: -hmm. Just going to go on from that because we want to talk about pressure and release or like pressure on, pressure off, move closer, stay longer Mm -hmm. and work and rest. So if you can sort of combine those together – and talk about that technique.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so let's use the scenario that the horse is a bit frightened to work in one corner of your arena. Mm -hmm. You see this a lot. You see the spooky end of the arena. Most arenas have a spooky end, you know. So you don't start work there. You start work in the quiet end where the horse is comfortable. You get him going nice and forward, get him working, And you might work him reasonably hard, you might work him for quite a while, he might start blowing a bit, he might, you know, be be sliding, and so he's looking, he starts to look for a rest, okay, so he's already yielded when you've actually applied physical pressure or sound, you know, so you you put your leg on, you give him a clock, you know, stick, whatever it might be, he's moving forward, he's doing what you're asking him to do, but he's, He's still not in the scary end of the arena. He's working in the comfortable end of the arena. So after a while, he starts kind of looking for a break. He's looking for a rest, yeah? Mm -hmm. Some horses don't. They're actually a bit trickier. You have to offer them a rest. You have to actually teach them what rest is. So you'll show them that when they are on the side of your circle that's closest to the scary end of the arena, You'll show them that that's the resting place. Mm-hmm. So, you might give them a little walk for a few steps, or you might halt them and let them have a little,
0: uh, yes. you
1: know, but yeah, you wait till you feel that exhale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, then uh, you move him on again, and you'll do that repetitively, and he starts to go, geez, it's actually really quiet on a dark side of the circle. Yep. <laughs> now, then the circle starts to become closer to the scary end of the arena. So the horse is still coping. He's still saying yes every time you put your leg on. He's not arguing with you. He's not saying, no, 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 I can't cope. It's too scary. He's saying, yes, I agree. I can I can do that for you. Mm-hmm. I can go forward. And so he's happily working along and he's happily getting a rest every time he's on the scary, close side of the arena, on that side of the circle. You move that circle gradually while ever he's coping. You don't take him out of his coping zone. But your circle will actually a little bit like a slow-moving magnet, go towards the scary end of the arena. Before you know it, your horse is actually standing at the buckle, having a nice breather and a really big rest, and you might even hop off him and pack up for the day in the scary end of the arena. If you repeat that a few days in a row, you'll be amazed how much your ogre has turned into the resting place and the comfort zone.
0: Yes, so he's really looking forward then to going to the scary end of the arena.
1: That's right. You've yeah. completely changed his mind about what that part of your arena is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and this stuff you don't have to be Chris Burton to be able to do it. You just mm-hmm. have to understand what you're doing.
0: Understand the technique and the combination of yes. techniques, yep.
1: and be patient enough, yep. and be yep. deliberate enough, and just and and throw your watch away.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, That's then a <laughs> The next one is never asking anything of your horse that you don't know you'll get a positive answer.
1: Absolutely. So you can use that same scenario. Don't take him to the scary end of the arena and he's going, no, 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 and Mm -hmm. he's jacking up and running away. Don't take him there. Work him in the comfortable end of the arena where he's saying, yes, sure, I can do this for you.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't
1: ask things that you're going to get a no. Ask things that you know you can get a yes. Yep. And, you know, if you, if you haven't got time to do the whole job on that day, don't do it, just yep. do a little piece.
0: Yes. You know, yes. you might
1: only get a quarter of the way down the yard on one particular day, but I guarantee you if you went back and you start that again the next day, you're already a quarter of the way closer to that scary end of the area.
0: Yep, yep. Mm. All right, and then the last one we've got here is uh, even a tiny yes is still a yes and needs to be rewarded. Any answer's welcome. Can you give us an indication of what a tiny yes, because sometimes I think horses can give a yes, but people don't recognise it. So if you can give yeah. an example of what a tiny yes is.
1: All right. Let's go to the horse flight scenario. That's a really mm-hmm. common one.
0: Yep. And and it's one that creates a lot of difficulty too, because People don't understand. So I think if you can talk about that. And when you say horse float, you could also mean horse trailer. Oh, the trailer. Yeah, some people are going to understand so, yeah. float, yeah.
1: And honestly, and this is why I'm trying to keep it within a frame, yep. um, it branches into any part of what you do, mm. you know, asking the horse to walk for a puddle, Yep. asking the horse to have his rug put on, asking, you know, like anything, it can be anything but it's still the same principle. So, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, you know, we'll try and keep it clear and, in you know, a frame. So we'll, we'll use the horse float scenario because everybody understands that one. I think yep. anybody that's spent time with horses has spent time having trouble putting it on the float.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: That's so classic, you know. And, you know, again, even really professional people, I've seen them there for three, four, five hours mm. trying to load the horse decided to quit for that day or have a night's <laughs> sleep and come out again the next day. So let's have a look at what a tiny yes might be. Your horse is facing up to the float, to the tailgate. If he so much as pricks his ears toward it or lowers his nose toward it, that's a yes. Yep. And that must be take a bit of pressure off. Yes. If he finds out, and they, and horses are so sensitive to this, they clue onto this so quickly, if he finds out that some pressure goes away, their whole life mission is to relieve the sort of pressure. Just mm-hmm. you know, to get us to leave them alone, basically. Yep. That's the, basically all our training is. That, you know, horses are trained by they're trying to figure out how to get us to take the pressure away. Mm-hmm. If he so much as pricks his ears toward the tailgate or lowers his nose toward the tailgate. Or even pause at it. Yep. You see, some of them go stomp and they'll pour at the tailgate.
2: Mm-hmm. You've got to
1: take pressure away. Yep. And he'll really quickly go, oh, okay. Like, and, and it's not thought through. They, they're really um, simple in mm-hmm. the mind. They yep. like Really, they're black and white. Really black and white. And people make them too complex. They're not complex in the brain at all. They're mm-hmm. so simple. The humans are complex. Mm-hmm. That's I guess why they have trouble working with horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. He does these tiny little things, you know, a prick of the ears, a smell, sniff at it, a little bit of a paw at it, or even just not running away from it, not trying to back away. Take some pressure away. Take some pressure off. Let the lead go a little bit loose. Stop tapping with your stick. Or if you're lunging him around the, you know, at the back of the float, let him rest. So you yeah, notice those tiny little things where he's, even if I was lunging the horse behind the float, Yep. He might turn his ear as he's going past the float. He'll turn his ear toward the float, mm-hmm. take some pressure away,
2: mm-hmm.
1: take mm-hmm. a little bit of pressure away, and then you'll find that the next time he'll turn his head a little bit toward the float, take yes. some pressure away. Yes. Next time he wants to stop at the float, take some pressure away. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. They just they just instinctively want to get away from the pressures. They go. They just. Follow that like a magnet. Yeah. yeah. As I say, if you can grasp that and be, you know, you've got to really clear your mind and really stay deliberate about what you're doing and stay disciplined to the method. Mm-hmm. And if if you do, if you constantly understand within yourself that pressure on to off. Yep. Work, yep.
0: Good. Good.
1: Yeah. It, uh, get your horses doing what you want them to do.
0: Yep. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. Now, when you're talking about lunging too, because, you know, I'm sure that lunging's going to be a great way to improve horsemanship. Can you tell us just some benefits of lunging just very quickly? Because what I'd like to do is to get you back and talk about, you know, 10 benefits of lunging or 10 techniques of lunging, talk in a bit more depth. But if you can just briefly talk about the use of lunging in developing sure. a better horse person.
1: Absolutely. Well, see, when you lunge a horse, you're using all the above skills. You're, all the things that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. you're actually using all of those things when you're lunging the horse. So you're applying pressure, whether it be short, sharp sound, short, sharp movement, short, sharp little flick with the whip, you know, that quick touch, you know, Mm. the touch has always got to be like a shock, not a, you shouldn't welt the horse, you shouldn't with any time you touch it with the whip, you want it like a shock. You don't want to actually hurt the horse. Mm -hmm. You want it to be so short and sharp that it's like a shock and it makes him dance. Yep. He suddenly goes. Yeah. So understanding that the you know the use of the touch being a, a if you're using a whip. Mm-hmm. So you, you get to learn that and use when when you're lunging. You also get to learn the positioning of your body when you're lunging. If you step out in front of his eye, he'll stop. If you step behind his eye, he will um, you get to learn that if you have a nice round circle at a quality tross or candor, whatever the gait is you're looking for, let him have a rest.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Let him have a stop. Don't give him a little rub over the eyes, a nice rub, a soothing rub. Talk to him softly. And he'll really quickly clue on that, oh, we're actually meant to be running around (laughs) in a circle. So you get to use all your skills, your horsemanship skills when you lunge a horse, even in the very basic lunging. Now, if you've seen... The Spanish, for instance, they take lunging to the pinnacle. They actually can train Grand Prix dressage on the lunge and the long range.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're quite amazing. And so lunging actually is an art. Yep, It's, it's not just running it around the yard. Yes. You know?
2: yeah.
1: But you will find if you can simply run it around the yard, you're using all these skills that we've just talked about. So I encourage everybody when they're starting out to learn to lunge and learn mm-hmm. to lunge well.
0: All right and I think the trick is there to learn to lunge well so I think when you come back and if you can talk about you know the difference and and how you can learn to lunge well not just lunge that would be brilliant Julian let's just go through those 10 hot tips to becoming a better horseman just to finalize and you just certainly interrupt if you need if you need to say anything the first one's lure your horse the next one's keeping your horse curious about you understanding touch Positioning yourself at the right place at the right time. Yes. The fifth one there is being mindful of where, how you and the others are standing. The next yes. one is um, number six is about understanding horses' natural behaviour before taking action, and mm. then um, the next one is applying pressure to ask your horse to yield, and then the next one is combining the couple of techniques. You know, the pressure on, pressure off, moving closer, stay longer and work and rest, combining those techniques. Number nine is to never ask anything of your horse that you don't know for sure. You'll get a positive answer. Yes. And number 10, a really important one, is even a yes, a tiny yes is still a yes, needs to be rewarded. And I think horsemanship is about developing your eye and developing your knowledge and your skill and your ability to recognize those tiny yeses, isn't it?
1: That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. observation and understanding are absolutely huge. And you, if you look at any of the master horsemen that are out there, mm-hmm. they've spent many, many hours just watching the horses.
0: Yes, yes.
1: They'll go out into the bush or out into the paddocks and they'll just watch what the horses are doing. Yep. And so when they then intervene, they yep. understand right from the get-go what they're doing yes. and, and the effect that they're having on the horse.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: All right. As before, it's been great having you. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will learn from these tips and become better horse people because of it. And hopefully, we'll get back to talk to you again soon about some tips for lunging. So, thanks very much for coming today, Julianne.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Glennis. I really appreciate it. Thank no worries.
0: You. Okay. Bye. Bye now. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe.